<laughs> hey, Dennis, are you a lawyer? Yeah. Am I a lawyer? You are. Do we talk about law? All the time. Are we giving legal advice? Never. At least not to these people. No. They haven't paid for it. No. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hey, Mark. Hey, Dennis. Welcome to Hostile Work Environment. Hey, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been a little while since we've done this. A couple of weeks in our world since, because uh, we had Thanksgiving in between oh, that's our last right. two recordings. Yeah. So, we uh, took a bit of a break. We took a little break, and now it's time to get ourselves caught back up again. Uh, so we've got some really interesting stuff to talk about today. Yeah? Lay yeah. it on me. Well, I, I've got a question for you first. Yeah, what? What is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, that's easy. Bad Santa. That's mine, too. We have a... <laughs> Just to give you my level of parenting, that is our traditional Christmas film to watch with the kids, is we get together sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we put on Bad Santa. Um, we love that movie. I, I love it, too. And I was thinking about that movie the other day and thought, you know, we're about to record an episode that's going to air right around Christmas time. Ooh. And why don't we look for stories employment no. stories no. of bad santas bad santas brilliant that's a great idea let's do it all right so i think we're just do you gonna... know any bad santas uh, you mean like personally <laughs> <laughs> or you know know of any bad santas well, well i have some cases compiled to talk about today but okay, cool but i don't know any personally bad santas do you i, I saw one in the mall that looked pretty shady did he, did he do anything inappropriate? <laughs> like, like, like Bad Santa the film inappropriate? Well, I mean, there's levels. I mean, I'm not sure that anything we're going to talk about today is that film level of Bad Santa. Though, actually, maybe they are. I don't think he was pee on himself drunk, but he looked pretty drunk. <laughs> yeah. And before we launch into the stories, you know one of the reasons why Bad Santa is a really great film for our listeners to watch? No, please. It is one of the best portrayals of human resources ever in film. John Ritter's character. Oh, you know, because it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. I don't have an annual family watching. I think it was like John Ritter's last film before his unfortunate passing. Um, Remind me what he did, because now I'm like, now I, I need to go back and watch it. Well. If you remember, Bernie Mac played the security off or the head of security for this department store that Billy Bob Thornton was scamming right. as a Santa Claus. And John Ritter played the HR director of the department store who was all over Billy Bob Thornton's bad behavior and going to, com- you know, get security to help him do something about it. <laughs> oh, but Bernie right. Mac was more. More concerned that he was planning on ripping off the department store than that he was behaving badly as Santa. I'm wondering if there's an idea here to maybe do a future episode where we do a play-by-play of Bad Santa and the HR and legal ramifications of what we see in it. If we're still doing this by, like, Christmas 2018, 
And why wouldn't we be? Exactly. Then I think that's that's the plan for like the Christmas episode for, for 2018. Next year, a bad Santa play a by play. A detailed analysis of bad Santa. <laughs> All right. It's a deal. But until then, we have our mini bad Santas. We but have actual mini, real yes. life bad Santas, which is a plus. Yes. So do, do you want to jump in? Jump in. All Tell right. me a bad Santa story. All right. So I've got three bad Santa stories. And I think we're just going to do... These three stories and then a listener email at the end uh, for this episode. Cool. So deal. So story number one is the story of Herbert Jones. Herbert Jones was a 62 year old mall Santa in Massachusetts. This is from back in about 2012, 2013. Not too long ago. Not too long ago. And, um, you know. I'm not sure, you know, how many mall centers you've run into very recently. But very recently, very few. It's been a while. When you think about mall centers, who who tends to be the coworker of the jolly man in the red suit? The at elf. The, the every, elf. Every good Santa's got an elf. Right. That's right. And so this is a story about Santa and an elf. Okay. So in this case, the elf was an 18-year-old female elf coworker. Of Herbert, who was 62 years old. Um, And she and Herbert together, along with several other elves and others, helped run the Santa photographic services provided at the mall. And Herbert was a bad Santa. Oh, what did Herbert do? So it appears that, first off, on one day, Santa said to her, I wish you were a few years younger. Or, sorry, let me rephrase that. (laughs) I can't Whoa. read my notes. I wish you were a few years older. He's sketchy, bad <laughs> Santa, but he's not that sketchy. Is he running for Senate in Alabama? <laughs> in Alabama? No, sorry. That was just... Because it's the shopping mall. It's the shopping mall. That's true. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Tie in. No, this is a bad Santa, but he's not Roy Moore bad Santa. Okay, okay. Not <laughs> sorry. Roy Moore. Let's reverse that sentence. I wish you were a few years older, older. and I was a few years younger. Oh, Okay. So not as pervy as it could be. Not as pervy as it could be, but still kind of pervy. A little pervy. All right. And then one day she was walking by Santa, who was sitting in his Santa chair, and our lecherous Santa reached up and pitched her on the bottom. No! Don't tell me Santa touched his little elf. He touched his little elf. (laughs) That that ain't right. So she rightfully reports this to her manager, who apparently was not Santa, so that's not how the hierarchy went. The elves do not report to Santa, which I thought was amusing because, you know, in the stories they do. Santa's kind of of their boss, right? But I guess in real life, maybe not. No, it's probably someone who who wears maybe a different kind of suit, but not a Santa suit. Okay. All right. So, So this is what you and I would call co-worker harassment. As opposed to supervisor harassment. Correct. Just for those at home keeping score. Correct. Okay. So she goes to the manager and the manager says, okay, thanks for telling me and doesn't do anything about it. The manager doesn't do anything? No. So later. Yeah. Oops. Oops. So later, and it doesn't say how much later, so maybe it's the same day or the next day. The manager tells her that Santa wants to speak to her. Okay, Santa's called his elf on the carpet. Mm-hmm. So she subsequently goes to meet with him, with Santa. And according to her allegations, he yelled at her and said, I would never have done anything like that. Oh, Santa denies. So what did our elf do? 
I'm thinking our elf sued somebody at some point. Better. But maybe we're not there yet. Better. Better? She goes to the police. She went to the cops on Santa? On Santa. For the butt pinch? For the butt pinch. And they arrested Santa. <laughs> Charged him with indecent assault and battery. And wow. A great detail, according to the article I read, he was ordered to stay out of the out of the Hanover Mall, and the judge barred him from dressing up as Santa Claus for the balance of the holiday season. Whoa. Based solely on the allegation and the arrest. Wow. So I, I just, you know, you hear of creative, you know, limitations that judges will put on people. Well, this guy, not allowed to go to the mall and not allowed to dress up as Santa anymore well, for the rest of that season. How does he how does he support himself? I mean that that completely deprived him of his livelihood. <laughs> his livelihood. Yeah, my guess is you'd probably say that there's other jobs out there for Santa lookalikes. Perhaps so. He could Well, I guess he couldn't go to another mall. He just can't no, be Santa. He can't period. dress up as Santa, period. Wow. So, an investigation is done by the police and that reveals a female coworker who says that she saw Santa reach up in the area of the victim's behind. Wow. That's a direct quote. And she was, quote, unsure if his hand actually made contact, uh, end quote, with the victim's buttocks. Uh, but that the elf in question here, the, yeah. the recipient of the pinching, uh, did report to her that Santa had pinched her during that moment. Oh, okay. So she so witnessed they- it and has a statement before she goes to the police, oh, wow. that this other individual uh, saw it and it was reported to her by the elf. So it was it was kind of in the moment. Some decent evidence. Decent evidence. Decent corroboration. So when the cops arrived, Jones was in Santa's changing room and declared to them, when they arrived, I did not touch that girl. And this is the part that I'm most disappointed about with this story. He was not in his Santa costume when the police arrived. Oh, bummer. So when he was escorted to the police cruiser, Santa did not get to do the perp walk as Santa. As Santa. I had this vision of throwing him into this drunk tank of like 20 other drunken Santas. You know, like the like in movies, like where you have the lockup in the in the police station, and there's like a whole bunch of just Santas and elves, yeah, and like stuff. the like, aftermath yes. of Santa Con, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it didn't happen oh, here, which is a little bit of a bummer. But uh, this was still. I, I just thought it was a really cool story. So That's Santa argues story. that he was seated on his Santa chair when the teenager walked by and brushed her buttocks against his hand. Oh. And he then adds that he pulled his hand away in an attempt to avoid contact. Mm. So we definitely have two different stories in this case. And lastly, when asked about the comment, I wish you were a few years older and I was younger, not the other way around, as we discussed before. Yeah. Uh, Jones claimed that he only stated that he wished he was young again so he could make different life choices and meant nothing else by it. The teenage elf took the conversation out of context, he added. Which doesn't explain why I get, like, I wish I was a few years younger. I kind of feel that way frequently. But not that she were a few years older. That's kind of, yeah. So here's the the part of this whole story that I, I mean, I, I, I guess I understand that it happened. I don't know why it happened this way. When an elf comes to you and complains that Santa's inappropriately touching her, You do something about it. You don't just, like, ignore it. And then the next day tell her, oh, yeah, Santa wants to talk with you. 
and have Santa chew her out. That's that is like yeah, so unbelievably uncool. It was not the right decision by the manager, obviously. But I'm glad to see yeah. that the police um, police took it seriously. took it seriously yeah. enough. Good and, for them. And, and you know, I think that's a pretty serious charge for one pinching. But it's, and but some it, serious consequences and for serious one consequences too. for one pinching. But. I I don't think it's inappropriate for, for that response to happen here. No. But the employer really could have handled this differently and probably led to a better outcome for everybody. For everybody. By taking this a little more seriously, talking, taking the elf's complaint, talking to Santa, making sure this doesn't happen again. And letting taking, the elf know. As the magic words, sufficient remedial action to ensure that that type of behavior doesn't repeat. The elf might have been satisfied and not, not gone to the, the police. police. Santa may have had his behavior under control and it wouldn't have re- it wouldn't have happened again. Who knows? But it could have been handled way, way, way better than way it was. Better. That's a good story. All right. So you're ready for story number two? Number two. Bad Santa 2. Bad Santa 2. So we're going to talk. So we had in a previous episode, we talked a little bit about the military and our lack of knowledge really about how this employment relationship works within that particular structure and organization and that's going to come up again here so so our ignorance of the military our our ignorance in terms of at least in how we can analyze this (laughs) a little bit but it's it's a good story and it just so happens to take place in the navy (laughs) funny how our ignorance becomes a recurring thing but yeah tell me about navy santa (laughs) you know i'm thinking village people in the navy right uh yeah uh with santa's Wow. Okay. I'm gonna <laughs> so, so this is just there. a few months old. This was reported in the USA Today. And this was a really big, long story. And I've cut it down to really just get at the essence of the All Santa right. badness. Um, there's political ramifications. There's senators and congresspeople who've been weighing in. What? Um, uh, so this is the story of Navy Commander Chris Cervello who was the Navy spokesman for Admiral John Richardson, Chief of Naval Operations. Okay. So at a Navy Christmas party back in December, so this would have been December of 16, 16. Cervello had approximately four drinks, including a shot of Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, which I just love that that is one of the details in the USA Today article. Uh, I'm interested that somebody over the age of 17 drinks fireball cinnamon whiskey. <laughs> I th- that too. you know, but you know, it's it's a party and it's the navy and okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh and apparently uh Mr. Cervello wore a Santa suit to the party because quote, this is out of the statement from the investigation that was done. I thought it would be fun. Of course. Of course it would be. So Who wouldn't? Cervello dressed up as Santa. So fun indeed. Um, Do you salute an admiral when he's dressed as Santa? Well, in this case, it's commander. Do you salute a commander when he's dressed as Santa? Or? At the party? I, I don't I know. I don't know enough about how this works. I don't know I, how that I'm works. I'm going to guess no. no? I'm going to guess that not. you're not on that formal of a structure and situation in, the, in a holiday party, even you're in not the like, Navy, that you're I, saluting I, Commander everybody. Santa, sir, I, yeah, I, I... I sit on my lap, Commander Santa. <laughs> right no, I don't think that's how it works. All right. Um, so, but things did not go very well this evening for Mr. Cervello. I, um, I don't know how a drunk Santa could turn out badly, but I'm sure you'll tell us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, so... First, the first thing that, that we hear about is a senior civilian woman in the office told investigators that Cervello, who was dressed as Santa Claus, slapped her on the buttocks without her consent. 
and that she felt humiliated and disrespected by his actions. She did not go so far as to say that she felt harassed or threatened, um, just, just humiliated and disrespected, not to minimize right. that. Um, but she did not bring these facts forward until asked later. Okay. Okay. Uh, then another woman, who in this case is an officer junior to Cervello, said that he had given her unwelcome, uncomfortable hugs in which she had had to push him away. Okay. Uh, she also told investigators that two years earlier, Cervello had propositioned her at a dinner in which she had sought professional advice from him and that she rebuffed him at the time. Wow. Then she went on to say that Cervello told her at the Christmas party that he didn't know how to act with her since the last time he was alone with her, he was practically humping her leg. Wow. At least he was aware of his right? prior behaviors. That's good to know. And and a fact I didn't mention, he's yeah. married. Oh, of course. And there's one additional wrinkle here. Yeah. Adultery is a violation of military law. <gasps> no way. I did not know that. Yeah. Whoa. So I actually did know that. And it's a different standard that set out where, you know, adultery in civilian life is, like, is not a very whatever. cool thing to do, but it's not illegal. Right. But in the military, it is. Wow. Under the military code. Crazy. So, after the party ended, Cervello and several officers went to dinner at a restaurant a short drive from the Pentagon. And at dinner, Cervello was seated next to a young woman officer who had also been drinking heavily. And he's, he's still Santa at this point. That's my impression, though the article does not go. So let's just say yes. Of course, because I'd rather Santa. Because I'm having a hard time envisioning what it looked like otherwise. Yeah. I just I just I just think he's just dressed up as Santa the whole time here. I think so. Um maybe even on other days too. I don't maybe know. Maybe so. Um, so at dinner he was seated next to a young woman who had also been drinking heavily and another woman uh officer thought that he was making a play for this woman and interceded and she took the seat next to Cervello and called a cab for her and this other woman to get away from Cervello. She reports that once they got in the cab Cervello called the other woman uh, and offered them help in getting home. And when this second officer who was riding in the cab with this other woman declined, she said she could handle it. But that he continued to call that first, that other female yeah. officer throughout the evening, making a total of six calls and sent two text messages. Um, so Admiral Richardson, uh, who is a member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, oh. said in a statement that he so this is now in August. We've now fast forwarded to August. Nothing has happened in the intervening time as this investigation played out. That yeah. he waited the entire time to do anything about this until the legal process played out, uh, so that he could protect Cervello and the alleged victims. And then only and only then did he fire Cervello. Um, the timing of this is what made this a political hot issue. Yeah. In that when news of this came to light and it turned out that uh, Richardson had not taken action against Cervello earlier based on the allegations. He sat on it for eight months. He sat on it for eight months. Um, he's under a lot of heat because of I it. would imagine. So it's a little unclear when it says fired, whether that means Cervello, obviously he's not in his position as spokesman anymore, whether right. that means he's moved to a, a different Position there were there was some conflicting information that fired I fired in the military context right. can mean different things right it, and it seemed to me that it meant he would no longer he moved to a position where he had no subordinates and really didn't have contact with with many other people yeah. um, 
and busted down to first mate or keel hauled or <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's I think what they do in the navy they keel haul people really still still i'm that's that's a current that's military law mark do, do you want to explain to our listeners who don't know what keel hauling is what that is if i am correct what i believe keel hauling is is you have a rope that goes all the way around the ship and you uh, t- underneath it underneath it and you tie some poor unlucky sucker to the rope and then you haul them underneath the ship and then back up around. And it used to be a form of punishment back in the days when Navy ships were somewhat smaller. I'm pretty sure yeah. like being keel hauled under an aircraft carrier would, would kill most people. Yeah. They don't do it anymore. Let's just be clear. They don't? Okay. No, they don't. I'm, I'm kind of bummed. I like keel hauling. Conceptually. Conceptually. It's, Conceptually. It's a punishment of choice for Dennis Westland. I, I, I want to yeah. live in a world in which people are still keel hauled. Okay. That's good. Just I'm, tells me a lot about you. That and, and, and having bad Santa as a family a family affair of year. You've yeah, there's, getting a there, lot of really there, interesting There's info probably a lot to unpack here. there. And, yeah. You know. Maybe we put those two things together. Something... Something from my something, therapist, something. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the story of the Navy Santa. Wow. So lesson to be learned: don't wait eight months after Christmas to deal with the bad. Right. Christmas like let's let's assume behavior. this was civilian. Yeah. Right. Don't wait. Like prompt remedial action is it's a component of how your of your obligation to respond to a harassment complaint. And no investigation should right. take eight months. No investigation. Nothing should take is going months. to happen at your Christmas party that's going to take eight months to figure out. Right. Move quickly. Yeah. And then you won't have senators telling you that you're screwing it up. Yeah. <laughs> which is our goal. Things. Which is our goal to avoid the angry gaze of the Senate. Gaze, G-A-Z-E, just. Yes. <laughs> G-A-Z-E. <laughs> I don't know if there are any gays. No, I just, it's just as I heard that, I totally it, took it, it the it other was, way. And it, t- was a, it was an odd turn of phrase, yes. I admit. It was not intentional. <laughs> no, I, all right. So, the angry scrutiny of the Senate. That's where I was going. So You don't want to piss off John McCain. Uh, no. Or in this case, it was Kristen Hillebrand, oh, senator you, of New York. You don't want to piss her off either. Yeah. All right. Case number three. Santa number three. This is a totally different kind of case. Yeah. And actually, it's one of my favorite cases that I found in the whole time that we've been doing this. Wow. Um, That's because I I went in and did some some actual case law searching. Whoa. You know how to do that? I do. And even for free, I don't even have to go into Westlaw or Lexus. Yeah, there's ways to do it. Wow. I'll I'll teach you if you'd like. Yeah, please. Um, so I went in and I did some searching and I found a case that's on point for our conversation today out of the Minnesota Supreme Court from 1923. 1923. This is a Supreme Court of Minnesota opinion, Coletha v. Hall Mercantile Company. Who? Coletha is the last Coletha. name. Well, I might be pronouncing K-A-L. Of the Minneapolis Colethas? Dude. Really? Really. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Coletha. I've, apparently, you know some Minneapolis Colethas. Oh, yeah. Minneapolis. They're, they're, they're big. A prominent big family. Big in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. Big, big Santa family. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so this is this is not an ass grab case. This is not a sexual harassment case. Well, then why are we talking about it? Because it's funny. Oh, that's right. So, 
I'm just going to read you a couple of paragraphs here from the case because it, it just sums it up really nicely. 1923. Here we go. Well, the opinion's 1923, but on December 23rd of 1921, yeah. because it takes that long, even that long ago for cases to get to the Supreme Court of a state, the Hall Mercantile Company was operating a store seeking Christmas shoppers and employed Mr. Coletha to act as Santa Claus. They provided him with special clothing and wearing apparel Again, I love this language from, 19, from 1923, including a false face with whiskers and other paraphernalia suitable for this ancient and traditional character. A false face? A false face. Can you Im- imagine being a child in 1921 and going to the shopping place, whatever they called it, department store, and Santa's wearing a false face? Well, I think that's just that another like, way of saying he's wearing like a mask or a fake beard. Okay. But it's in 1923 language. And I, I fully went silence of the lambs when you yeah, said Yeah, no, face. I don't think that's what they mean. Okay. I'm, but I'm again, glad to hear that. Part of what I love about this case is that the, the language of the day is so different from our terminology that it gives you weird impressions. False When face. I yeah. actually just think okay. it's just a Santa face. All right. Okay, so and then suitable for this ancient and traditional character, which was another turn of phrase that I just found really uh, interesting. Yeah. All right, so he reported, re- reported, reported for duty at about two p.m. on Friday, December twenty-third, and began his work at about three thirty p.m. Now, there, that's a little weird to me in terms of on the clock, off the clock, but we'll, we'll. It, it, it takes a while to get into the into the character donning and, and doffing, it, right? It doesn't say he's not getting paid for that time, so let's just put that wage and hour issue aside. It was nineteen twenty one. There was no wage and hour issue. Well, I mean, <laughs> but analyzing it through today's lens, right? So, All right. so his duties required him to walk about in the store and on the street outside nearby and carry and distribute candy and nuts to children. Oh, nuts to children. Nuts to children. It was apparently his duty to please and amuse the children. And incidentally, he was, in a measure, an advertising medium. Understood. Understood. The children became familiar with Santa Claus, and they pulled at his clothes. As children are wont to do. Whether this conduct of the children necessitated a readjustment of his clothes, or whether appellant, in this case, um, he is the appellant because we're several, several... steps up in the process um, merely desired to stop the same is not clear but he says that because of this conduct of the children he went into a room in the rear part of the store kind of I I assume just to take a break and get away for a couple of minutes have a smoke seems very reasonable to me yeah and there he undertook to light a cigarette I was right he removed the mask about half from his face and then struck his match and started to light his cigarette and the beard on the false face caught fire. Oh, God. I shouldn't laugh at his misfortune. And Santa suffered a serious injury to his face oh. and hands, permanently diminishing his earning ability. Really? But he's a Santa. He can put the mask over the burns, right? Well, the mask is itself been burned away. I'm sure he can get a new one. And if he has burns, that might chafe. Could, yeah, that's true. It could chafe. Um... And it's unclear as to what other details there are. And again, I don't want to make light of his burns and and but as as an image for me, Santa's beard on Santa's fire. Santa's beard on for, fire is pretty entertaining, and I'll give myself some allowance here, given that it was almost a hundred years ago. Um, so, what is actually the legal issue in this case 
is that he filed a workers' comp claim. Of course. And it was denied. Whoa. On the grounds that the injuries did not arise in the course and scope of his employment. Wrong. 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 So he appealed that decision to the Minnesota Supreme Court. As he should have. And legally, I think you and I both know, at least by today's standards, this is very straightforward. Slam dunk forward. Right? So, yes, he's on a break, but he's still at work. He's still acting in the course and scope of his employment. And his work attire caught fire. His work attire caught fire. And to argue that he's not lighting a cigarette is not part of his job duties. It's actually part of his ability to to relax and collect his mind again before he goes out and faces the hordes of children. He's actually doing it in furtherance of his job duties. That's an interesting angle. And it's an angle that the court actually used in analyzing the case. And next time I'm drunk at work, that's the angle I'm going to use. That you're using it as an escape. Uh, to be able to come back a few minutes later and face and, the day. And, and, and face the day, yeah. By the way, not legal advice. Do not show up drunk at work. <laughs> and I'm never drunk at work. <clears throat> Usually. Much. So, uh, you know, other things uh, that the court said he didn't use violence, force, or harsh language. Instead, he was just seeking seclusion from the children. Um, he was not free from the duties of his employment. What so does that have to do with anything? Well, again, I think it speaks to the point I just made. He was actually seeking a break from oh. the work to enable him to do his work better. Okay. Which is an interesting concept. It, Way back in 1921, they're starting right. to get the idea of, of rest and meal periods. Right. right. And I, you know, don't hear that argument advanced in that way today, but it makes a ton of sense. I hear that advanced a lot where like I have, people will say I have such a stressful job that having access to regular breaks is important for me to be able to go back oh. and do it well. Putting that aside, I mean, in terms of whether somebody's working in the course and scope of their employment, because it's oh, such it's yeah. such an assumed thing today that, yes, that somebody's on a break uh, yeah, and gets injured yeah. is, is usually, usually still within the course and scope of their employment, especially when they're on premises. And it's and it's actually like a break from work to hack, you know, for the purposes that we're talking yeah. about here. It's not really a debated issue anymore. So you don't hear that specific yeah, argument okay. being advanced. Yeah, That's all point. I mean. Yeah, no, we assume. all the time I hear I need a break because I need oh, mental yeah. sanity in order to do my job better. That's right. that's something we hear all the day. But in this context, not so much. Gotcha. Wow, cool. So those are three stories of Santa and bad Santa uh, in a, the workplace. Well, it, it, it's two bad Santas. Two bad Santas and an unlucky Santa. Bad Santa 3 was not bad. He no, was just unlucky. Just unlucky. And, and really, you know, 1921, the standard of care would have been to supply an asbestos beard. <laughs> yes. I mean, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the heyday of asbestos. Yeah. It's before we had mesothelioma and right. plaintiff's lawyers advertising they on late a, night television. Asbestos beards. They were just ahead of their times. They were. And he suffered for it. He suffered for it. See what happens when you ban asbestos. Bad things happen. We need more asbestos. Yeah. Bring back the asbestos. Asbestos, asbestos. Wow. I think we just titled our episode. (laughs) I think so. All right. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, Mark. What up, Dennis? Do you ever give money to NPR? I can't say that I have. Why not? Because I listen to NPR plenty, but... If I pay the money, I still have to listen to the pledge drive. And those pledge drives are like torture. I I hate, like, it makes me not listen to NPR anymore. I know. So 
we're not going to do that to our listeners, are we? Go to www.patreon.com slash HWE. And if you do that, we'll promise never a pledge drive. Ever. Our promise to you. Bye. So, hey, Mark, um, I have a Christmas gift for our listeners. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a story. So, as you know, we've been asking listeners to write in with their stories so that we don't have to actually, like, research and do work for this podcast. Right, or make stuff up. Or make stuff up. And That's this, what we call research. Research is <coughs> Mark and Dennis make up really research. not true stories. No, no we, we um, actually got a really great listener story. And I want to read this. I'm just going to read the email as it was sent to us. Um, Hi, guys. I recently started listening to your new podcast, and I love it. I just finished episode one and immediately wanted to type this up and send it to you for future use if you need a good story. Awesome. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. We And we really appreciate your stories, and this is a good one. This, will get, this one got my attention. An employee kidnapped a customer and made out with a $50... Th- $50,000 settlement. Uh, of course. I kidnap people and they pay me for it all the time. Trust me, I couldn't That's make how this up if I tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for my last HR position, I worked for a self-storage company. We had an employee that received several customer complaints regarding her behavior and her personal hygiene. Ooh, Sounds like a winner. Sounds already. like a winner already. She was put through the process of verbal and written warnings and offered EAP. Parentheses, we suspected possible drug use. She seemed to have gotten better, so she fell off the radar for a bit. A few weeks later, we received a customer complaint that she had locked this man inside a self-storage unit. Yes, you read that correctly. She locked a customer inside of a storage (laughs) unit. Of course. The customer was of foreign descent and spoke little English, but he could speak enough to craft a very detailed complaint. I'm sure. In his complaint, he said he was in his unit cleaning out some items when with the door open. He said the employee came by and saw him and started shouting racist obscenities at him, some of which he didn't even understand. But well, I guess he could probably figure out from the context. That they were racist and they were obscenities. Yeah. Yeah. She then proceeded to shut his unit and put the lock on. He told us she waited outside of his unit for 20 minutes and continued shouting racist obscenities at him. He tried to use his cell phone to call for help, but this was a basement unit and there was no cell reception beyond the metal walls. This is like, this is like freaking me out. Poor guy. Yeah, no, like that's like, it's like a terrible nightmare to be locked into a room like that. No way to get out. Eventually she unlocked his unit and told him to get out of our country. This is when he immediately left and called customer support management. Good. We sent the district manager to her store to investigate, but unfortunately this incident wasn't in an area where there were security cameras. The employee was questioned and she said that she locked him in because he was living in his unit, which was breaking policy. While this may have been true and there is a policy that states customers cannot live inside their storage units... She should not have deliberately locked a human being inside of the unit. Yeah. One, well, let's just be clear. One of those acts of is a little worse than the other. And, and well, and does not justify the other. No, not at all. We had to make a decision and decided to terminate her based on this incident and her past behavior. Good. I'd say good call. Good call. We're not done yet. Ah. 
A few weeks later, we received her unemployment determination in the mail. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, sounds like it's a termination for cause effectively that should not be eligible for unemployment. Yeah. But, but, but they tend to be pretty liberal with they tend to be pretty rewarding liberal. that. So, I, you know, I'm going to say, you know, probably what you're going to tell me is that they, they said, yeah, they need to... I fought this tooth and nail and sent over 30 pages of documentation regarding the final incident. Despite that, she won her employment no. claim. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, and this I love. She won it because our employee handbook did not explicitly state that employees could not lock customers inside of the units. I mean, come on. If you if you had to put every single thing in your employee handbook that people aren't allowed to do in yeah. order to have that be protected, every handbook would be a billion pages long. Yeah. Like we will provide fresh oxygen for you to breathe. Yeah. And if we don't put that in I don't never mind. I just No, she goes that's on. That's absurd. I was appalled. We didn't have a policy stating you can't murder customers. Exactly. Either. Exactly. Okay. See? Which kind of goes without saying. We protested the unemployment and had a hearing, but we lost the appeal because the district manager that terminated her was no longer with the company at the time. Well, I mean, that I don't know that that should matter, but... Yeah. A few weeks later, we received notice that she was suing us for $50,000. She said she was terminated due to, it, to gender and age discrimination because she was a woman over the age of 40. Well, I, I, I mean, clearly that's yeah. what's going on here. Oh, and then, of course, went on to say that we violated various meal period and payroll laws. Obviously, this wasn't the case, but our company lawyer chose to settle the case with her. Why? Well, in my experience, 50000 bucks to get rid of litigation is often cheaper than the cost of getting a court to kick this out. So it's maybe a sad, it was just a sad truth. Of, a sad truth of, of our American justice yes. system. Um, and also, to it, it, right, I, especially the, the, the meal and, and payroll law component that you just read there oh yeah right? you like, can murder somebody and still sue because you missed your breaks and right. had a payroll and, error and right, we say obviously this wasn't the case is what she says in the email right but one of the things that right it's very hard to disprove that or to prove that you did it right very and hard. in order to to get rid of that right yes it's their burden of proof but you're going to spend close to fifty thousand dollars or more or, just, or more or more yeah. Right, just in order to get to the to the jury with that claim, and you could still lose. Yeah. So, but a yeah, lot of employers why, would, in fact, choose to fight that. Yeah, and, and, and power and to I, them. Yeah, I I appreciate those employers. I was that kind of employer usually, unless I could get rid of it for really cheap. Fifty yeah. would never be something I would settle for something like that. Um, <laughs> but I tended to be a little bit more aggressive in terms of my. My approach, but a lot, I don't blame companies that would just shell yeah, out no, the money no, just I, so that we don't have to deal with this headache. It. I understand it. There are times when you just have to. What, what's the expression? Fish or cut bait, or fish or cut bait. Ah. I like that. I just whatever it is, that's what it's going to be from now on. Fish or cut bait. <laughs> I don't even think that was a, the appropriate. It's totally not. Yeah. Whatever. Ignore me. Um, anyway, thank you for that email. That was, that was a brilliant. Brilliant story. And we want more brilliant stories. And so please email us at stories at hwepodcast.com. Uh, and I think 
I think that's pretty much it for today. How else yeah. can people get in touch with us, Dennis? I hear we have a website. Yeah, it's hwepodcast.com. Oh, that's, that's easy to remember, yeah. hwepodcast.com. And that's also where you can sign up for our mailing list, which we try not to spam you too much, but we send about uh, one update a week. And one update a week. Occasionally we'll send some special emails, but otherwise uh, it's just about once a week, and it will just remind you that we're we're here and that we have new episodes coming out. Uh, we also have a Patreon campaign, uh, which you've probably heard us talk about before, which is www.patreon.com slash H-W-E for hostile work environment. Yep. Uh, reach out to us on LinkedIn. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. Just put in oh, hostile yeah. work environment podcast and it should come up and you can now listen to episodes on that medium as well. Yeah. Um, and one other thing, by time this airs, Hopefully, if the stars align, you can go to our website and find a link to Hostile Work Environment Swag. Oh, and that's where you can get your Hostile Work Environment t-shirts. Or coffee mugs. coffee mugs. Or or fanny packs. Fanny packs, okay. Um, So hopefully by the time this airs, we have that up. uh, And go to our website. We're working on a cloak. Oh, a cloak. Like Hostile a Harry, work environment like cloak. Like a Harry Potter, like Gryffindor Harry cloak. Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. I don't know if we're going to have the cloak up by the time you go there. But um, if you go to the website, we'll have a link for swag. Okay. And there will be brilliant swag. So right. keep checking back until you find it. We also now have a, a Hall of Fame page. Oh, a we Wall have a Hall of Fame, fame Wall of Fame. On our website for, for people who donate through the Patreon campaign. Go check that out. God bless them, everyone. Yes. We love our Patreon patrons. All right. We do. Uh, everyone, have a wonderful holiday and New Year. I think this is going to air sometime right around Christmas. Hopefully. So, uh, have a great holiday, and we will be back next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.